Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Weekly Podcast with me, Peter Watson, for the week commencing Monday the 25th of October. I'm joined today by Ralph Hebgen, who is an ex-City Research Analyst with over 20 years of experience. Hi there, Ralph, how are you doing today? Hey, Peter, I'm good. How are you doing? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, all good, all good. I can hear you, which is, which is brilliant, isn't it? I mean... You know, that's that's what you want for a conversation. Well, it's actually definitely a plus if it works. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Always, always good. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially on the podcast. Um, so, um, so just um, just to remind, um, I was going to say viewers then. Um, so just to remind listeners, yeah, you don't know much about tech, do you? No, really? no, not really. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yes, just to remind listeners, um, this is Ralph um, Ralph Hebgen. Um, I've known him for over 20 years uh we've worked together um briefly but then he just didn't want to see me ever again so uh so he got rid of me which Um, is why now we have conversations rather than video calls there we go there we go see so anyway but anyway basically just to let everyone know um ralph is an ex-analyst um from the city he is one of the best, if not the best, analysts I have ever worked with in my entire career. And um, he's here today for you um, to go through with me um, the, uh, you know, the, go through the week's news and share his learned thoughts uh, on, the, on the matter. Thanks How about that? For... Is that right? Thanks okay. for setting me up for fail. Uh, I guess lovely. So. Yeah, excellent. excellent. What it makes for? What it makes for? Um, right. Anyway, so what we're going to do is, as usual, just sort of run through some of the things that have been happening this week, um, and uh, and just having a bit of chat, a bit of a chat about them. Um, so, so there we go. Um, right. So anyway, first of all, starting on the macroeconomic side, um, <clears throat> or there was something called uh, the budget uh, happened this week in in the UK. Um, I'm not going to go into like too much detail because um, I do feel with the budget, generally speaking, doesn't matter which government's in, um, they never get it right. It's a very difficult, complex thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me pretty much um, if you um, the those who get money say it's not enough. Those who don't get any um, say, why have we got any? Um, <laughs> and then you never get any industry saying, oh yes you've given us too much money please give it to someone else um it never happens the my biggest takeaway from this apart from the fact that um champagne didn't get so you know got lower duty uh <laughs> is that um is that really this budget is um a very for me it looks like a very unconserved the most unconservative budget <laughs> of a conservative government that there could possibly be you know yeah. it's low big on tax big on state um and it feels to me like if you'd have um if you'd have if you'd have said this um at the general election that the conservatives are go- are going to be renationalizing the railways um giving the uh, the nhs a whole load of money um high taxes yeah all this kind of thing you would have thought that i was mad and thought that jeremy corbyn had got in so it just seems to me that's what seems to have happened at the moment but then again um obviously there would have had to have been high spending because of the coronavirus but yeah do you have any thoughts on that at all yeah sure i mean first of all yes i i do hear this people are saying this is a very unconservative budget Hmm. And of course, to some extent, that may be true. If you just look back at the 
philosophy of the Conservative Party, which has always been low taxation, low state. Mm. And if you remember David Cameron's idea of big uh, society, if you remember mm-hmm. that one, yeah. which is, of course, exactly not a lot of state. And it's sort of um, the idea of politicians to bat it back to the populace and let it sort themselves out, basically. Mm. Mm. Um, so from that point of view, perhaps, but if you if you take a look at the um, general dynamics here, what, what happened is th- this this budget in itself, unless I missed it, I don't think I've seen any headline increase in tax. Mm. What happened is that there were some previous tax increases introduced in previous budgets, and he didn't take them back. He didn't reverse them. Mm. So to some extent, what you might say is that, well, to some extent, previous budgets have already been unconservative in the, mm. uh, to the extent that they have introduced higher, tax, higher taxes here and there. Mm-hmm. And, and what Rishi has done, but just basically he banked them. He took them mm. to the bank and he said, thank you very much. I'm not going to reverse this. I've got this now and I need some money. Mm-hmm. Now, that brings us to the second bit, which people said was unconservative, and that's public spending. Big, you know, um, low state is the normal, low government, uh, invisible state is the normal uh, idea of philosophical tenet, which people mm. tend to associate with the Conservative Party. Mm. And and he basically said, well, I bank all this Wonga, thank you very much, but they're now actually spending it as well. Mm. And this is something which is, of course, exactly the opposite of the austerity uh, parliament, yeah. which which we've seen just uh, recently. Mm. And and it's sort of, um, it's sort of some of it is actually in line with the with the sort of political positioning of the government done by Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, if you look at leveling up and these ideas, which are basically, and it, it gives me great pleasure to saying it like this, which are federal in nature. So let mm-hmm. me just repeat this. This is a federal idea, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> very mm-hmm. funny, but of course it's not called that. So basically we we need to um, we need to strengthen the, the, the those regions in the UK which have traditionally yeah. been uh, structurally disadvantaged, and this is called yeah. leveling up. But, but of course, it costs money. I mean, HS2 costs money, and all the other infrastructure products, uh, pro, uh, uh, projects which are associated with that cost money. And it is interesting to see that that is, I think, where the political part of the government's um, plan for this uh, legislature unites with what Rishi, uh, with, with, sorry, with what Rishi Sunak has basically done Mm. and um and so i think these are the big these are the big trends here there's one other thing which i'd like to mention which is sort of falling between the cracks for the precise reason that it was in between the spring Mm. budget and the autumn budget and that is the uh oh i forgot what it's called it's called something it's basically um a tax um which goes directly to the NHS and the wider health service. That one, I think, was in fact sorely needed. Again, that's a very unconservative thing. As you said, Mm. this is something which the conservatives have always talked about. I mean, everybody loves to the NHS for being under budget, but then, of Mm. course, budget has to come from somewhere. And this time, the Conservatives stepped up to the plate. They have done something. It wasn't part of this budget, but it does exist. And interestingly, that was funded from a very specialized um, sort of corner 
in the electorate, and it was it was basically funded by cancelling. <laughs> this is very specific. Those pensioners who are in pension age but choose to work were given normally um, a, a waiver on the NI contribution, and mm -hmm. that waiver has been taken away. So, in other words, I think what we're seeing here is maybe also some positioning, starting to position towards the end of this parliament, um, a bit of a war chest, perhaps to give some, give back some tax credits. Yeah, uh, I was to, thinking actually, to, that's to the thing, isn't it? And, uh, and it, it seems, from that point of view, unconservative perhaps, but it, it seems to be a very measured uh, and very upbeat and forward-looking budget. Fantastic. Um, so, so yes, I think it was very interesting what you were saying there, and also, of course, that that whole idea about maybe make, having a war chest um, for a bit later, for a bit Ooh. later on, so that they can, you know, give out the freebies um, before <laughs> another general election. Um, which is, yes, although there's sort of... pretty, I mean, the war chest is is is, is not big. I no. mean, there's precious little manoeuvring space, but I'm guessing that is all. Okay, let's call it playing the, into these decisions. Let's call it the conflict chest. <laughs> right, call the conflict. It's not as big as a war chest. Maybe <laughs> a battle chest. Yeah, chest. a battle chest. Or, yeah. or a small conflict chest. Altercation, fisticuffs. <laughs> a a <fisticuff laughs> chest. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's what we want. Um, so anyway, so an arm, an arm wrestling chest. Uh, yes, so... thank you. Thank you, Peter. I think we can take this okay, uh, no, fair even enough. further. Yeah, no, no, very good. good. It was very no, that's good. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, so we're moving on from that. Um, there was some very interesting stuff on inflation winners um, this yeah. week, which I thought was which was thought was good and actually quite unusual um, because it was talking about things like um, Tesco maybe would win in a high inflation environment, which um uh, but, but basically because they've got the they're the biggest uk supermarket they've got the biggest um uh margins uh, and they're and the biggest buying power and therefore they have a bit more wiggle room um to do stuff with prices than perhaps some of the, some of the competitors um the other another um Another one that could uh, that could do well here. Uh, another type of company that could do well here is Rent-A-Kill Initial, which is the big services company, mm -hmm. um, and that's because it represents a, a you know companies that are uh, have big debts, but they're actually locked into the low level, you know, low uh, interest rates. So actually, uh, yeah. if interest if inflation rises, interest rates go up actually they won't have to pay much more their competitors will and there's therefore comparatively they're paying less um and then the other uh, the other type uh, the other type of company that was mentioned was um wealth managers um and specifically hargreaves lansdowne because they hold cash on behalf of their um of their clients and so if inflation goes up and uh, the interest rate goes up as a result, um, then this cash balance earns more money. So, yeah. you know, it's another thing. But yeah, you, on, you, on that you, one, you... I will just want to actually, <laughs> sorry, I need a, just a little moment to get my soapbox. Uh, here we are. <laughs> now I'm on it. And yes. I'd just like to um, pontificate a little bit about this because obviously wealth manager's job is not to hold a client money <laughs> <Yeah>. cash. <laughs> And yeah. to the extent that they all benefit from high inflation, commensurately high interest rates, they're actually losing out on their 
uh, raison d'être. So some, yes. but yes. of course, I mean this has been mooted before. I mean this is a relatively old story. Now, months ago, mm. um, the press was focusing on the fact that wealth managers are in fact holding a, a visible percentage of client money in cash, which is something for which they are not remunerated or shouldn't be remunerated for. Mm-hmm. And uh, to to answer you, I think that um, this might actually. Um, reverse as uh, wealth managers are going to become near to fully invested mm-hmm. if indeed we're coming out of COVID and the economy is going to grow in accordance with recently updated forecasts. I mean, mm. of course, this budget has again back to the budget. We've seen the information there. The uh, forecasts of near-term growth have been updated, upgraded, mm. which which is positive. So to some extent, I mean, we, we, we have a sort of little trade-off here. I mean, to the extent they're doing well from this, they're probably not going to do well from this particular aspect in the future, but nor should they. As they have become fully invested, they should make the money from what their actual um, mission is. But let, let me just maybe one... Um, one general comment on, on on inflation. I mean, this is something I, I don't know, Peter. Did that shock you? I mean, I was I was watching television, I was lo- watching the news coming out from the budget, and I thought, I thought, blimey! I mean, inflation four percent. I mean, what's going on here? This is terrible. This reminds yeah. me of the seventies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the seventies inflation was even worse, as mm. we may remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, there is a spectre here, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Of a high inflation uh, e- economy, and yeah. I hear all the commentary on this, of course, pointing out that this is going to be temporary. If you mm. look at the inflationary forecast as a bar chart, indeed, next year is going to be the four percent mark, and then mm. it's coming down from there. And that's all well and good, and we're all hoping this is going to be an outlier indeed. However, we are seeing. Um, shortages in, uh, uh, in in CO2. We've seen, we've seen that recently from a yeah. maybe unlikely corner, which nobody really thought about. Electricity prices rising, etc. So if these issues are uh, or were to present themselves as longer term, then we would unfortunately have to live with a higher inflationary environment, which is mm. Which is going to eat into forecasts again. So mm-hmm. I think at the moment we are we're not quite out of the woods here. We 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 cannot forecast and indeed price in a solid um, medium term recovery. Perhaps. Mm. I mean, I think that um, I mean certainly the uh, the the market is pricing in um, a, in a, a a rise in the interest rates uh, next week. Um, I feel that the Bank of England has really changed their tune in really rather yeah. quite, rather a short space of time. Yeah. Um, I know that there was at least one of the MPC members who's been in the press um, saying that she thinks it's too early um, to they need more data. You know, but I did. I said in um, you know Watson's Daily the other day. I feel like she she's almost. It's like she's standing on a beach um, watching, <laughs> watching a tsunami come in um, and it's, it's, it's coming in, it's coming in and she's standing there um, wondering whether or not to, um, you know, sort of pack the deck chair away or, uh, or just stay there <laughs> because it just seems it's just coming and coming. You can see it and yet, oh, I don't know about it yet. So 
Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I, anyway, the, the market seems to be pricing it in. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah that's indeed. what it is. So, um, I agree. Just one final comment on this. I mean, I feel sometimes we live in times where we fight one battle, and then when that one has disappeared, another battle is just, um, just, just there. I mean, mm. in, in the context of inflation. Inflation is going up, commensurately interest rates are going up, will mm-hmm. go up, that's a certainty. Mm. Now, at least that means the specter of negative interest rates is gone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's what I just meant. I mean, because yeah. in August, I, I still remember in August, sort of June, I was worrying about negative interest rates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now I'm not worrying about that anymore, but guess what? <laughs> I'm worrying about something else. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. Let's, let's continue. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So, yeah, so it all, it's all very interesting stuff. Um, we are living in um, interesting times now as, as we're coming out of, uh, of all this. Uh, hope, well, hopefully coming out of all this anyway. Um, but... Um, there was something I also thought I'd mention, although this is not strictly macroeconomic, um, this isn't macroeconomic stuff. Um, it's all about, um, uh, it's, it's about advertising. So there was something mm-hmm. quite interesting. Um, there's some research came out this week from the Advertising Association, um, which talked about um, advertisers spending a record amount of money yeah. going into the end of this year. Now, it was quite interesting as well that um, we saw yesterday that WPP, um, which is, I think, is it the, I think it is the biggest advertising it, company in the world. I've heard that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah and it is um, lifting, uh, it lifted its fo- sales forecast uh, for the third time. Um, so mm. obviously that sort of backs up the research, I would, ge- I would guess. And, you know, I'm just saying that my base case for the end of this year is that um, everyone's just going to throw everything at Christmas or, <laughs> or, um, or, you know, Thanksgiving or wherever you are. Um, you know, they're just going to want to have a good time because they didn't last year. Yeah. Um, and so they will be, even if they do go into debt, they'll be willing to do so um, just because they think, well, they, they don't want to miss out again. Um, so, so mm. I think as a result of that, I think advertisers are probably thinking that as well. And therefore they're thinking, well, you know, people are going to spend. We need we need to be spending to make sure that they're spending with us um, and not yeah. the competitors. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, the thing is, I think advertising is often seen as a leading indicator, mm-hmm. i.e., it 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 reflects what is going or is happening and is going to happen. So, if you just look at that in isolation, I suppose it does look like this underlying demand. Although you could argue that these are not normal circumstances and people are doing stuff that they behaving in a way that they wouldn't normally, because if they, they're not feeling confident, which we'll find out in a minute that they're not, um, (laughs) then, then they're, um, uh, then, you know, this is always like a false dawn, but I mean, what do you reckon? Well, yeah, uh, quite. I mean, there there are, they're very strange times in terms of the, uh, anomalies which they introduce. I mean, on mm. the one hand, for the last two years, we've all been locked up basically yeah. uh, with, with nothing to do, mm. uh, which includes spending money. So mm. what we now have is rather more savings in, in the bank than we otherwise would have done. Mm-hmm. And commensurately, we're also fed up with sitting indoors. So there is going to be both the means, which is some cash in the bank, and mm-hmm. the motivation, which is boredom, um, yeah. to, to <laughs> 
<laughs> to go out and and enjoy ourselves. And yeah. of course, as you rightly say, I mean, Christmas last year was sort of cancelled, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sort of wasn't. I mean, it should have been. But then, anyway, you, you know what I mean. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like the normal Christmas we normally have. No. So I think that, yes, on a, on a short-term consumer sort of psychology, mm. you, you're absolutely right. When, when I go into London, it almost seems as if COVID's never been. Mm. Uh, the, 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 the tube is normal we have normal rush hour back which is sort of like 8am or so mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the west end is normally buzzing at an, on, on a nice day mm. uh, the, the, even the city is the city of London which is the financial district, the business district is coming back to life well yesterday the, um, the, 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 yesterday the um, Waterloo, I think it was yesterday or the day before the Waterloo and City Line um, mm. went back to full time Oh, did it? Uh, yeah. All yeah. oh, right. So, okay. so, um, so there you go. Yeah, because I mean that that I thought that was really interesting. I don't think they're running it on on the weekend, um, but they are running throughout the day because until now they've just run it on um, uh, sort of peak hours, haven't they? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know actually. I've never used the drain. I mean, and, uh, for those who are not yeah. London-based, this thing is called the drain because yeah, at the end of the right. day, it drains the yeah. city of London. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, exactly. But anyway, so also it smells slightly. Sometimes. Oh yeah, well, good. I mean, you used yeah. it. You? I oh, I used to use the drain all the time. Yeah. You know, I was getting you know get on at bank. Uh, you know, bank. I do think. Sorry, just a quick quick anecdote anecdote here. I did think it was really funny. Um, but one time I got on the on the back. So this is the only line where there are only two stops. There's bank and there's yes. Waterloo. Anyway, right. someone got on the train and said. Is this stopping at Waterloo? And I thought, well, <laughs> given that you're at Bank, I think it's highly likely that it's going to stop at Waterloo. But anyway, Excellent. I thought maybe, maybe pro probably a tourist. I thought, well, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> cut the guy a break. You, I know, you, I know. You, you should have said, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> no. This time, it's going right through Waterloo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which kind of means you're back at where you... <laughs> oh, no, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, cool. yes. Um... No, I was just going to say, I mean, obviously, we, 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 we have this particular dynamic, but then, uh, well, you, <laughs> this may well be temporary. I mean, of course, I'm not telling anybody anything new which they don't know already. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have um, the uh, furlough scheme is, is, is being um, uh, phased out now, mm -hmm. and people are not necessarily going to go back to their to their jobs and to the extent that um, the covid recovery is not going to be sustainable obviously we'll we'll have this these sort of um, uh, spike spending data which which cannot be which mm. cannot be annualized but mm. so but it, it it appears as if i mean i'm i'm sorry we're back to covid i mean from macro to covid we cannot ignore mm. it it appears as if we are sort of coming out of the crisis although clearly the daily infection numbers would not bear out such a view mm. but if you look at the mortality numbers which i think are more um more important here here to look at and these are of course first of all tragic and mm. still grim they're still higher than on, in in europe but they are leveling out they have been leveling out for a while mm. and and so you you can't help thinking that in a in a sort of rough and ready way with stops and starts we are uh, we, we are seeing the tail end of the crisis mm. and um, yeah to inject an optimistic note I, I, I do think that the economy is going to bed down and um, 
and and relative to even expectations which we ha- which we have now mm. uh, is, is is going to come out one mm. is going to um, prevail one last thing in this context we mustn't forget brexit because mm. that is now something a dynamic which is completely blanketed by the far more dominant impact of uh, of of covid yeah but let me just make one comment on the lorry drivers. I mean, obviously, the Brexiteers say, you see, this is all uh, re- done by COVID. And, 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 and for once, you can't blame Brexit for this because it is triggered by the uh, crisis and the supply crisis, which we have in CO2 and electricity, etc. We know this and the petrol situation. But of course, it is exacerbated by Brexit. Mm. The continent has these problems too, but these problems are not as pronounced because they have the ongoing uh, flexibility in the movements of labor, which we have mm-hmm. lost. So in terms of this, I still think, and, and, and this is also if you look at projections, uh, the UK economy is going to lose out from Brexit, which is now an underlying scenario. It mm. doesn't really mean that relative to where we were, the economy is not going to grow and recover. Of course, that's good. But we mustn't forget that crisis of this nature, lorry drivers, shortages of um, supply, which are linked specifically to a shortage of labor, uh, of workforce. That's something which I think uh, is going to continue. Mm. Absolutely. Well, there you go then. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true though, isn't it? As well, and obviously there's that whole uh, thing with fishermen and stuff like that uh, going on today as well, isn't there? So, gosh, I'm going to tell you, a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, wars would have started over this. Well, exactly. Started. Yeah. There. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so yes. Anyway, right. Let's move on from yeah. um, from macro stuff. Let's go. So let's, let's look at uh, let's look at uh, consumer trends. Oh yeah. Um, so I thought it was interesting. So in America, uh, a lot of the banks were saying that they thought that um, everyone was going to hit the credit cards again. Um, I've, obviously, I've just sort of referred to that. I think that um, that, you know, that is what people are going to do generally uh, and, and certainly over here. Uh, apparently, they're all consumers are already spending more on buy now, pay later stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're, they're racking up the uh, racking up the bills there, um, which is also interesting, considering that Klarna, um, announced a tie yeah. up with Stripe this week, which I thought was very big news um, because it means the tie up essentially means um, that uh, Klarna will be able to give um, retailers access to, um, you, you know, uh, buy now, pay later via Stripe. And mm-hmm. apparently that makes the whole pro bit before it was a bit um Diff, you know, slightly complicated, but with Stripe involved, it's now much easier. So more people can have more access to more buy now, pay later, it seems. So um, I think that that's good in terms of convenience, um, questionable in terms of whether it's a good thing or not generally in terms yeah. of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just chuckling here to myself. Have I, not, have I not heard this before? Cheap credit. Fantastic. It's good for everybody. Oops, 2008 <laughs> financial crisis. What's going yes. on? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm flippant. Of course, I'm not likening this. But yeah. uh, but there is an element here. I mean, to be honest with you, maybe, maybe a question to you. I mean, I don't really understand how buy now, pay later materially differs from credit cards. I mean, I know the demography which takes it up is the younger Mm. uh, demography, the millennials. I also understand that Mm -hmm. 
credit checks are a bit softer mm -hmm. on these schemes mm -hmm. and it's sort of easier to use on your mobile it's ease of access i think yeah is that really what it is or because i think so i mean that's that's certainly what, what it seems like to me um it certainly very much um aims at the at the younger end of the population um it's convenient it's quick um the credit checks are indeed a lot softer or ha um, are a lot softer than other you know so say your normal credit yeah. cards um i also would say that the amounts though tend to be for lower ticket items um i mean i'm i don't know just mm -hmm. sort of generally going on feeling here but it's more like up to 100 quid type type yeah. stuff although um i also talked to someone yesterday who spent uh who used it for buying something that was 300 quid um but um, generally speaking i think it's low and i think that klarna has gone under the radar for quite a long time because it's almost like micro loans um to mm -hmm. to people so it's less risky because the the amounts involved are smaller and therefore they're more likely to be to be paid back but now that it's got it's got much bigger, it's become a big thing. Plus yeah. the other thing as well, they wanted they've been trying to go up the value scale um, in terms of being used for more expensive things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, quite rightly, because I think it should have been before, it's it's uh, garnered the attention of um, uh, regulators, and now they are thinking of, of of looking at it. And actually, I think it was this week or last week, Klarna actually announced that they're going to strengthen their credit checks compared to before. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, there's, not, yeah. there's not much. I mean, there's not in, in I think in many ways it is, it's the same. I mean, it, I just think it's the same thing in, 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 in a different guise. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, precisely. It, it appears as if this is more the, um, um, a credit card for the millennials, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm of course extremely ancient, but, um, <laughs> but even I don't know how to use a debit card anymore. I use Apple yeah. Pay, yeah. and of course there is. That's Apple pretty good. Pay I mean, I, I'm sure the last time I saw you, you were still trying to use gold coins. So yeah, um... <laughs> barter trade. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had some <laughs> chicken. Oh, yeah, sorry, you, said you had a cow. You tried to pay for pay with something with a cow. Um, but um, yeah, you know, it's like no, no, Ralph, you can't do that. Yeah. How uh, many chickens do a cow? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. No, hey, look, okay. Well, that's, no, this that's is all very that's, embarrassing for me. That's for for an exchange rate. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but no, um, but yeah. So yeah. Apple Pay later is mooted mm. to happen, and and all this is is tying into cheap consumer. Uh, credit and and to the extent that it is regulated and it doesn't get out of hand of course that might mm -hmm. well fuel the economy but we already refer to savings cushions in bank accounts being a bit higher now mm. uh, be, be because of the um, pandemic I, yeah well i i don't know i i reserve my view for later mm. i am uh, relatively more nervous than i used to be following the financial crisis mm. uh, when credit is being sold cheaply mm. um but yeah yeah no absolutely and i totally understand your get getting twitchy about the financial crisis given that you were right in the middle of it <laughs> um oh, for oh quite dear. some time so <laughs> weren't you um so yes uh but they're, they're the good old days uh but anyway um right well, so, good. yeah well no yeah um so um so anyway i think um on you know on the downside um consumer confidence is definitely weakening i think it was 
I think it was Deloitte this this week, but basically over the last few weeks, um, there have been um, surveys by I think KPMG, BDO, so all saying the same thing that consumer confidence is weakening because everyone's worried about inflation. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know uh, also the other other things to do with with things that consumers are having to think about um, is that house sales um, continue to to go up, although mortgage rates now are um, going to go up and, and a yes. lot of it so you've you've had Halifax nationwide Santander they've already increased their rates and then you've got HSBC NatWest uh, I haven't seen whether Barclays has done it today but they were expected to do it today but they're all they're all raising their mortgage rates because they think that um, the uh, Bank Bank of England is going to raise rates so um, there's yeah. there's all that to think about but on the other hand um, apparently according to a survey by Hayes the recruiter um, 80% of employers are aiming to hire over the next 12 months. So that's yeah. that's good. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. that's a survey. You need to take that with a pinch of salt. And those kinds of things can change overnight. Yes. Um, so, so yeah. But but at the moment, they're looking very – they're positively disposed towards hiring people. And, um, and you know, and that is across all – that's blue-collar work, white-collar work as well. So yeah. it's across yeah. the board. Well, indeed. I mean, I, I, I still think that, um, well, it's not very original a comment. It, it is, of course, all jitters uh, connected to the COVID crisis, and mm-hmm. that's, that will continue. Mm. Now, um, the high inflation, this is, you know, we, we tend to look at these things as numbers on a page, you mm. know, as, as analysts, but... Uh, but this is, of course, very real. I mean, for lower income families, this is going to make a visible difference of hundreds mm. of bits per per, per per year. It, it, actually, it, it actually means something. Mm. And so if I put that together, that I have less discretionary income, I've got access to easy buy now, pay later schemes. Mm. Now, obviously, that will fuel uh, consumption. But whether that is going to be um, the maker of another credit crisis, which mm-hmm. is going to hit us in 2023 or four, uh, th- that will remain to be seen. So that would mm-hmm. be the note of caution, which I'm going mm-hmm. to inject in all of this. Um, well, it certainly sounds like you've got the ingredients for one, does, doesn't it? It, it? it may. I mean, we, we will have to see. I mean, what, what I find also interesting in this context, and this might well mitigate my skepticism here a little bit is what is actually going to happen in mm. the uh, in the property market yeah because the property market is of course also a roller coaster generated by by covid i mean what what we had first of all is everybody was able to work from home so everybody worked where they wanted to live which is mm. based in the countryside everybody rushed out into the countryside house prices inflated mm-hmm. and now people are getting bored with the countryside or at least they're getting bored with the fact that they have to sit at home all day long which isn't healthy mm. uh, and so people are coming back to the office. BTO is actually a, a is actually now an acronym. The, the W uh, the um, WFH used to be one, mm-hmm. and now it's back to office. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, so people are coming back to the city. <laughs> yeah, um, by which I mean London, the yeah. the, the big city centre of the towns, yeah. and uh, where we see the house price inflation now is actually in the urban centres. So my, my point is we, we'll, we'll just have to see whether mortgage lenders mm. are going to remain prudent in this and mm. 
yes, increase of interest uh, of, of, of mortgage rates, that's one thing, but that's not really prudence. Mm. Uh, that's just simply a mechanical reaction to the uh, commensurate increase of inflation, uh, sorry, increase in interest rates driven by inflation. Mm. What we want to see, and this is what I would monitor, is whether terms and conditions of lending are remaining uh, relatively tight, mm. which is a good thing, which would be a good thing. Yes, indeed, indeed. So there we go. Um, so let's move on to the next thing. Let's talk about tech. Let's mm-hmm. talk about tech, baby. So, uh, <laughs> so let's talk about tech. Let's talk about tech. I'm leaving. Uh, I'm leaving the room. That's. I know. It. I know. So <laughs> um, so anyway. I just can't deal with the unprofessional. Oh, I know, it's unprofessionalism bad, on the call all know, the time. It's very bad. Very bad. <laughs> um, so anyway, yes. Um, so tech. Um, we have Facebook has been fa- facing yes. various issues. Um, funnily enough, because of, of, of all those um, whistleblower revelations, yeah. um, the and then obviously there was that thing earlier on this month where they they had the um, uh, the down downtime of six hours or something as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but last night, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg gave his sort of presentation on the future of Facebook. Um, he's changed the name to Meta, yes. um, which is. You know, good. I guess you know. I mean, he he views the future as a, in, in in a metaverse. Um, and I know that you know. I I spoke actually um, with uh, with um, with Duncan uh, um, on another pa- pa- bleh, podcast um, talking about the metaverse. But yeah, so I mean that you know that there's that. Um, it does sound good, but the the thing is, is really I think the regulators are wanting to concentrate on what Facebook yeah. is doing now. Or, and up to now, rather oh, than oh, let's thing. let's all think about that. That is kind of, yeah. He's talking about he's talking about the future, but really, um, he's got to deal with what's going on now and in the past. Yeah, indeed, it, it it looks to me as if he is not wanting to focus on the past. And in, I mean, it's not a smokescreen. He's talked about the metaverse before. Yeah. Um, and it is a viable and credible business model. Indeed, mm. something which which works for companies such as Facebook, who are sort of arguably coming to, well, a bit of the end of their of their drive. You know, it mm. used to be that Facebook was associated again with young and hip and and, mm. and up and coming dynamics. And this mm. is, I think, a thing of the that past. Was us, that was been, us, Ralph. That was us, Ralph. Yeah, I, I was. I was never at the beginning. Young. At the beginning of the, you know, beginning of uh, of of Facebook. You know, we were the early adopters. You know. Yeah, you were. I, yeah. I, I, I was trying to grips, uh, c- coming to grips with a mobile. At that's, oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you were trying to stick those gold, gold coins again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, don't believe this guy anything. <laughs> this is a general message to our viewers. I'm really, really, really quite techy. Um, yeah, yeah okay. go on. Yeah. Right. I'm convincing nobody. But anyway, so the metaverse. Yeah. So this has been mooted before. It's all very interesting, and I think indeed is something where. Uh, companies like Facebook need to be going, but mm-hmm. uh, it also seems as if he's obviously trying to focus um, focus away from from the past. Yeah, of course. You yeah. Know, anybody who is um, who is changing a brand name uh, completely. I mean, Facebook and Meta, they, they have they have nothing in common. They're completely mm. different words. Mm. Will try to create a psychology where people are focusing on something which is not anymore associated with the problems with Facebook yeah. it was so publicly battling mm. over the last several years. Uh, would it make sense as a business model in, in itself? 
I think it would actually. It sort of is the uh, the so whether there's a natural progression here from a sort of metaphorical two-dimensional world to a three-dimensional world. You know, mm. um, what I find perhaps missing in this, but this is just probably because I don't know how it all links up, is the Internet of Things (IoT), mm. which is at least not specifically mentioned in this universe. Mm. Which I think, however is going to slot right in. It, it, it's precisely IoT, which I also think is going to be the next thing for the next decade. And if we're talking about tech companies, which are going to be able to position themselves in that sphere, are, I believe, also going to be winners. To the extent whether Facebook is going to play, whether this is going to be a visible component of the metaverse, I don't know. Mm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily look as if it would naturally slot in. Hmm. You, you you know the metaverse are different sort of buzzwords it's like virtual reality hmm. um based internet concepts a video conferencing is there crypto and stuff like that but hmm. iot i don't know yeah well i don't know i was, I was gonna say i think iot is is a bit more real world in the sense that my my kind of understanding of internet of things is like i don't know you've got your milk in your fridge and it's getting, <laughs> uh, getting empty and you've got your fridge tell fridge sort of detects it, it and then you know sells. so i'd say that's that is more i'd say that's more real world based whereas metaverse is is mm. not necessarily and I, I i mean that's certainly my kind of we'll say understanding or or the way i see it and, yeah, and that, yeah. that um, the metaverse is like you know you've had things like you've got roblox you've got um You've also got uh, uh, um, what should we call it? Fortnite. You know when they've had those um, concerts uh, and things. You know mm -hmm. within Fortnite, and all the games stop, and everyone goes and watches these watches these concerts. I think that's more akin to the the um, metaverse. And you know I've been yeah, talking yeah. about this this stuff um, earlier, which was about. Um, you know the possibilities in a metaverse are e endless. Like you could have the most ridiculous offices because it doesn't matter how no, big they are and all that kind absolutely. of stuff. Or you could go to a restaurant. I mean, I was saying, what about you could go to a virtual restaurant with, so like I could go to a virtual restaurant with my auntie who's in Japan hmm. and I, there's an eight or nine hour difference depending on what time of year it is. So I, I could say, let's meet at this virtual restaurant. We sit down and we can order from a like a takeaway menu. I would order from like a, you know, a, a um, Deliveroo type menu, and she would order from whatever that's there. And then we could actually eat a, a meal together, which I think would be amazing, and I think very possible. Um, yeah, so no, those indeed. kinds of things. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, we we'll see where this goes. It's all very exciting to me. I was just wondering when I brought in the Internet of Things because I mean, to me, that is something which is which is still an untapped potential yeah. of this world because you mm -hmm. have a lot of things which are I think known as stranded assets. Funnily enough, they're mm -hmm. stranded in a way that they're not connected yeah. to the internet. Indeed, not connectable. Mm -hmm. And um, for example, you. Your, well, your example with the fridge is interesting in this context. If I do have a metaverse in, in you know, like a fully uh, um, worked up immersion rig, like yeah. in that uh, book, what was it called? Ready Player One. Yeah. 
I don't know whether there's there was a movie as well, but mm -hmm. uh, so if you have basically a virtual reality setup, a virtual mm -hmm. reality room in which you can come together with your aunt from Japan or in which you can have video conferences, etc. Mm. Now, I could also have one which is like a supermarket, for example, mm. and where in taking a virtual milk bottle from the shelf, one will be sent to my home to then appear in my fridge. And of course, mm. my fridge could connect with that automatically. I, I, I think this is all very exciting. I think this decade is going to see an explosion of tech applications, which is probably going, well, possibly, in my, in my mind, at least, going to make the advances we've seen in the last 20 years in the internet look rather small stepped, actually. Mm. Well, especially when we've got things like 5G, um, you know, when that properly comes, obviously, you know, yeah. with, with, without uh, without Huawei, <laughs> um, the, the, the um, you know, f with the advent of 5G, I think more of this kind of stuff is actually going to become possible um, as well. So so it should be good. Yeah. Um, I'll just move on one last thing, actually, because we've got to wrap up on the time basis. But yeah. um, I reckon um, it was also very interesting this week. So we had a tech week, really. So <laughs> Google, Microsoft, they had um, pretty good um, results. Google was powered by advertising. Microsoft was um, was powered by um, its cloud services. But it seemed that Apple and Amazon were more downbeat uh, about about prospects. Um, about you know mainly with um, supply chain problems from Apple, um, meaning mm -hmm. that production delays and things, uh, and increased costs from Amazon. And it sounds like um, so. This is Andy Jassy's the first set of results as, as a ceo um mm -hmm. and um and he is uh so he's firmly got his feet on the ground as opposed to uh jeff bezos who has a head for <laughs> the stars yeah um and um, <laughs> um oh, god what's going on here working on that one uh, so, i don't know i just thought of that i just thought of that uh <laughs> anyway so um so yeah i mean all these kinds of things it is quite interesting to see uh, to see the contrast there yeah. um but um but yeah you know um th things continue uh, and there we go um i don't know have you got any any thoughts on 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 all of those and apple and anything like that no, nothing much at the moment I mean, obviously perhaps something on amazon i mean obviously i think i can say obviously because everybody seems to be saying this uh, again during the time of lockdown any kind of remote service provider mm. uh, will have benefited from it. Mm. So to some extent, the highlight of uh, problems elucidated by Amazon may just be uh, relative to the height uh, of re revenue increase which they've experienced during the during the crisis. Mm. Perhaps to some extent, well, that's the only comment I would like to make. Yeah, but yeah. No, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Well, look, um, thank you very much, Ralph. It's always a pleasure speaking <laughs> to you. It is indeed. Um, and, and to record it is, is even better. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, we're going to, I think we're going to stop it there, but look, yeah. um, thank you very much indeed, Ralph. Um, Peter, for being it's always, the... always a pleasure being on the show and talking to you. No problem. Right. Okay. Well, also, uh, as I just say, thank you very much for listeners for listening in. 
Um, we are going to be back again um, soon. Um, and whatever you're doing, uh, hope you have a great weekend uh, or whenever it is you're listening to this. Um, I know I'm, I've heard some people listen to this while they're walking dogs, um, washing dishes, um, you know, all that kind of thing. Everyone who's all for all those multitaskers out there, uh, have a great uh, have a great time, and we'll be back again soon. Many thanks. Bye. Bye.